rosemary heaven restores you in life hello and welcome to the deja review podcast where a group of film lovers get together to discuss a cult or a classic film that one or more of them has just watched for the very first time i'm mike cairns over there is seb seabass godfrey hey and alex lamb chop hey I'm the girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a girl. Um, and uh, look, we're, we're we're dipping once again into the uh, the spooky well. We are discussing 1968's Rosemary Rosemary's <laughs> Baby. Mm. Um, and Seb, you had never seen this before. No, um, this was like this was in a a pop culture blind spot for me. I didn't even know this was a horror movie, or right. it was supernatural, or anything. Yeah. It was completely like, I think I, maybe I was just sort of avoided it because it had the word baby in it and rosemary. I, I thought it was, I kind of, I put like Hand That Rocks the Cradle and, oh, yeah. you know, Sophie's Choice and all three, these movies. Three Men and a Little Lady. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> uh, and and just kind of, I just never watched it and I never really knew anything about it. Yeah. I would love to watch Three Men and Rosemary's Baby. Like that <laughs> would lift that franchise hugely. Uh, would watch Ted dancing. Ted dancing, like <laughs> Satan's like spitting green bile on him or something like that. That'd be amazing. But no, I um, I I basically um had no idea about the supernatural, the element, the the witches, the devil, any of that stuff. Because it seems very much up your alley. I know, right? It it really is. And I was I was watching it thinking Okay, there's a point here where she's going to have two children. She's going to have to decide between one of them, keeping one of them. And I thought, in my head, I thought that was what it was about. And then they start talking about witches and supernatural stuff. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. I'm in here. And it it sucked me right in. I fucking loved it. It was, I really, really enjoyed it. Had such a good time watching this. So even as you were preparing for this podcast, you still were thinking... Oh, you didn't yeah. know about the well, satanic I, I don't, aspect I, of it. I don't do any preparation yeah, before yeah. before watching it. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. So watch it first. Yeah, clearly. Well, I, kind of, I, kind of, I don't want to. I don't want to because you don't want to. No. I don't want to like yeah, yeah. have that the zinger especially moment if it's, spoiled. Especially if it's your yeah your first time if, watching. If, if yeah, sure. First time watching yeah. Goonies or something yeah. like that. You know, but um, and so it was really nice. It was a really pleasant experience going into this blind, not actually knowing anything about it. It's yeah. like I was going into the cinema in nineteen sixty eight. Yeah. yeah. And and had the rug pulled out the whole thing. I was like, oh, this is this is great. Did you know that Polanski was the director? Yeah, I knew. Okay. I knew. I, know, I mean, I've seen a bunch of other Polanski stuff, and I know I know all about him. I know his story about the whole the Sharon Tate stuff, and we'll we'll get into that. But um, yeah, this was and this was the kind of the one that made him as well. Certainly like, was. Yeah, because yeah, he was like Hollywood a European. Feature. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like a Robert European Evans dude. parachuted him in to yeah. take the project. Yeah. So William I, Castle. I, I, think, <laughs> oh, I want to talk about William Castle mm, as yeah. well. Um, yeah, so yeah, so what's um, Al? What's your uh, your history with the with the Vison? So I yeah I uh, actually weirdly I grew up in a very uh, Polanski friendly house um, and actually a very Woody Allen friendly house. Um, funnily enough, um, yeah, my parents were both big big fans. So I what I think I watched this as a teen, um, and yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I hadn't rewatched it since then, so I'd forgotten a lot about it and how visually um, interesting and strange it was. And mm. I hadn't really, I didn't really think of it in the context of this being his first American film, um, and thinking of it in terms of um, him, yeah, being such a young, a young man. And you know, how old kind was of he when he directed this? Seeing photos, he looks like he's yeah. He always he looked old. His, well, I think uh, he was in his because he's, he's, he's in his eighties now, so that's fifty years ago. So yeah, like twenties, you know, late twenties, yeah. early thirties. Yeah. Um, but what was he moved doing a film like this for your first American feature? Because it, it was, I mean, it spawned all of that. Um, yeah, you know, Exorcist. Um, yeah, and the Exorcist Snowman and all these sort of uh, what Satan, Satanism, yeah. occult style films. Ira Levin so. definitely likes to claim that. Um, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It was definitely well, where he's, it spawned. Well, I'm doing doing a bit of research around yeah. it. He's still, I mean, is he still around? I don't know. Dead. Where, he's dead. Fully he's dead. dead. Fully Very dead. Good, full, completely dead. One hundred percent. Okay. Um, he to his grave then. Yeah. Felt uh, guilty about causing the, this sort of this this new wave of uh, occultism and and 
yeah. Satanism in cinema and, and, and literature and all sorts of stuff. And yeah. like people just, and kind of, you know, the Manson thing happened a year after and mm. all this. And he kind of somewhat blamed himself for Yeah. For this but stuff. then I, in the axis, I was reading similar stuff and, um, I, I thought his uh, comment at the end of, but uh, that doesn't stop me from taking the checks. Um, <laughs> and this is Ira Levin who glib. wrote the book. Yeah, yeah he wrote, like, the, yeah, wrote the book, who, uh, which yeah. was a Huge. stonking success, yeah. like four million copies. Um, yeah, he had a really, like, he was kind of successful from day dot, like yeah. from when he, early 20s. Like yeah. he got, he just got so much stuff up and running. Yeah. Well, he also um, wrote like The Boys from Brazil and he wrote um, uh, um, Sliver, one of my favorite erotic oh, yeah, thrillers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, um, source material the for that. Wives. Set for Wives. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Set for Wives yeah. came pretty close on the heels of this. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the blockbuster smash, uh, Look What Happened to Rosemary's Baby, which came out. Uh, that didn't really go. That sounds. It sounds a bit like it Look Who's says, Talking. Or I was just about to say it's like the sequel to Look, <laughs> Look Who's What Talking. Happened to Rosemary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. John Travolta's in that one. There's a and the, and it's like what's what's going on in the the Satan baby's head. Like yeah. you know whose it's voice a, is that? It's like it's little, not, little Bruce, Nicky. Not, yeah. It's not Bruce Willis. <laughs> little Nicky. Yeah. But yeah, his Ira Levin's comment that it didn't stop him from taking the royalty check struck me as very guy. Um, yeah, very totally. Guy Woodhouse thing to say. Well, he, you he's write, such he's, a glib. He wrote the character, so yeah, yeah I know, he's I clearly got like, a bit of himself in telling that on himself a bit. Yeah, mm. but yeah, probably we should like address the fact. I think at the top that a lot of people would probably be like, "Why the hell are you talking about this movie?" Because Roman Polanski is cancelled. Well, yeah. and and even yesterday. Uh, I, there was another person who yeah, said, has, uh, yeah, so literally that, so this was, yeah, we're recording on a Sunday on Saturday, I read in the Guardian and it just popped up that he, uh, someone accused him of, uh, of, uh, she, she was 18 and they were at a villa in the, some Swiss Alps and he raped an 18 year old uh, girl. So yeah, he is uh, not a great human yeah. being. And I think, I, I guess that's the, and, you know, I sort of did some reading around this and, uh, you know, is is it still okay to watch these things? And I mean, what do you guys think? Hmm. I hmm. I I, and I, I know this is a sort of um, sort of explaining things away, but from doing some research on this and knowing how, like, this basically is a all the like the script is the book. Like, this is you know, Actually everyone says it's a very very. It's- Faithful. 100% of the dialogue, basically. Yeah. I don't think there's any um, dialogue. I, I heard he, was, he didn't realise that you're actually allowed to yeah. veer away from uh, the, the original the original yeah. story or script too much. Yeah, I just, I know it's 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 a really sort of difficult thing, but it's... I know, uh, I know what you're saying. It's like, I, I, I don't really watch Kevin Spacey movies anymore. No, um, and I, that's uh, the thing. Like, I, I'm not going to... Because he's got he's a, a new director? movie coming. He's got a new yeah. movie coming out, and I'm like, I'm not going to be rushing to the cinemas to, yeah. you know, put money in the coffers of, you know, yeah. Woody Allen or, you know, um, and all of that sort of stuff. But um, I, I don't know because this is just such an extraordinary film. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really hard. Like, what do you think, Al? Like, is it... Well, yeah. I mean, Roman Polanski is kind of an amazing example because it's so cut and dried legally. Oh, He's yeah. been... He was, he was convicted. convicted. It yeah. wasn't... And, yeah, it's not and a... And even worse than that, he fled the US and has been living as a fugitive since 1978 to escape serving any more jail time because... Mm. Which is just like... So reprehensible. Like, and he's still been making films. Well, yeah. He yeah. The pianist won a fucking yeah. Oscar for it. Yeah. He's yeah. still getting and then Oscars. He got taken off the, the Academy yeah. board, but, mm. you know, he's still, that's crazy. Yeah. That he's, and he's the kind of person, and I mean, like, yeah, so I, just this quote um, from a Tatler interview that he did with Martin Amos, where he's said, you know, people uh, wouldn't care so much if it were murder, but. The reason people care is because judges want to fuck young girls, juries want to fuck young girls, everyone wants to fuck young girls. Like he clearly just has no idea that he's like this fucking pervert, and he was quite happy for this to like be published in Tatler for people to see. Like he openly tells everyone that these are all liars and this is just the whole Me Too movement is just hysteria Uh, and things like that. And it's like, but yeah, but he's quite. Comfortable with the fact that yeah he he wants to have sex with teenagers um uh yeah he's just like like without doubt like a just disgusting person mm. um but yeah I guess I think um auteur theory has kind of a lot to answer for in the fact that we basically 
put up directors as being just like the monolithic author of all these texts. Mm. And it particularly in... Never used like, to be like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's... As particularly with a Hollywood studio film, there's so many hands that go into creating this piece of, you know, this cultural artifact. You know, his is one of them, certainly. And it does, I think it, he definitely de- did a lot. He, he definitely took the text and uh, the, the novel, the source novel, and definitely put his own stamp on it. Like, I, I think it's much more, it's much less pulpy than the mm. novel in terms of a film um, and, and the filmmaking behind it. But um, yeah, he's not the sole author of this text and, um, you know, in, yeah. we can, I think, you know, not supporting and helping him make money in the future is sort of a different question yeah. from whether we still want to talk about the cultural importance of a work, um, that came out in, you know, the sixties that is really interesting to analyze into the context of like our cultural moment today. And I think it really is. And, um, Karen Kasama, the really cool director. She's cool. Yeah, um, she directed um, Destroyer, Jennifer's Body, Jennifer's Body, The Invitation. Yeah. It's really mm. good, really good horror movie which you should mm. watch. Because Invitation, I'm, yeah, amazing. How good is yeah. that? It's genuinely so scary. She describes it, and I think it's probably a bridge too far, but as a great feminist parable because this is like a film about a woman not being listened to, mm. about being controlled, her relationship with guys. Like it's the most extreme gaslighting since the movie Gaslight. Mm, yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's sure. insane. And we totally sympathize with her the whole time. We're mm. in her, we can see what's happening around her, but we, we, we feel for her and we want to, we want her to escape. Yeah. Um, and we're on her side always. And, and it's also not, um, you know, there is that sort of switch about, you know, an hour and like when she twigs mm. onto what's going yes. on and she takes control. Yeah. She's very active. And, yeah. Um, yeah. where it's not just her passively. being passively, yeah. you know, shat on the entire time. Yeah. Um, and obviously it doesn't turn it doesn't out turn that out. well, but, uh, but, but it's yeah. not a complete. But that doesn't make it, I, and I, I heard some people complaining that it's not feminist because she doesn't win or no. she doesn't have power, but it's like, no, this is just examining the, a situation and the reality of it is how would she have fought her way out of this. Yes. Exactly. Like that like end, the, the end scene. Yeah. I was going, it was great not knowing how it was going to pan yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And the whole way right through to the end, there was part of me, I've been been reading a lot about like carbon monoxide poisoning for some bizarre reason, but how it can fuck with your brain and right. and, and make you see things and hear things and, and take you to places that, you know, in your head, um, like an acid trip. And I was just thinking... Maybe it's in you know this time, this period. Maybe there's a bit of a bit of a. Maybe she's sort of losing it. Something's going on here, and it's all in her head. Well, that's, I that's, thought that yeah. maybe the rug that was pulled out at the end, and it's not actually. There's mm. nothing going on because there's nothing like. Yes, there's a lot of talk about supernatural occurrences, and then there's the there's the whole. We'll get to the the devil thing, the devil scene. That's mm. pretty, but um, that could have been a dream. Um, yeah. The whole thing can be explained away. She thinks away. it's a dream. Like, yeah. Totally. And it was really nice flip-flopping all the way through thinking, oh, fuck, this is actually oh, happening. Man, and I then, wish oh, I could wait, have watched this movie like well, you. Yeah. But, but also uh, I was about to say, like, that's the wonderful thing about watching this movie again yeah. is because you know what's going on. Yeah, you You attention. see and, and you get so much more of a sense about what, like Cassavetti's character is doing mm-hmm. and then you're you're picking up on so many little things and it's like, oh, wow. I got a present. It was Terry's. No kidding. Kind of pretty, though. Aren't you going to wear it? It smells. There's stuff in it called tennis root from a greenhouse. <laughs> Not too bad, though. Tennis, anyone? Oh, if you took it, you ought to wear it. <laughs> and and it just, yeah, like it, it is a great rewatch film mm. in the sense that when you know that twist, like because it's not a, it's not, well, it's not, it's not a, you know, a Tyler Durden kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, no. it's. Um, and thank God for that because I think it would have, yeah, if it had turned yeah. out she had been sort of like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. It's all in your head. Then it would have been like, not them. Come it's on. just like, yeah, you yeah. This is oh, the it's word. a hysterical um, is, woman. How yeah, original. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but also uh, back to that, your point about, uh, you know, whether this is a feminist, uh, you know, because I was watching it and, you know, did some, again, doing some reading around it. It's like, a feminist movie doesn't, you know, the woman doesn't have to win yeah. because it's just looking at, you yeah. know, how 
the degradation is being yeah. tr- treated. Heaped up. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah and it's film. like, and that, and that's what you're yeah. that's watching. Yeah, if it was an American film, um, she would have won in the, like if it was an American director or I don't know, what was an American writer, I guess. So she's, he hasn't changed the, mm. the, 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 um, the flow of the story too much. Yeah. But I feel like you didn't know right until she actually looks in and says, his eyes, what have you done to his eyes? Mm. You're like, oh, oh shit, it's, it really is mm. a devil baby. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, that's, that's when the, the whole thing sort of, the it's, penny finally drops. And, You're like, okay, and, this is And it's real. like, uh, and I love um, when um, uh, Roman says, What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? He has his father's eyes. What are you talking about? Guys, eyes are normal. What have you done to him, you maniac? Satan is his father, not Guy. He came up from hell and begat a son of mortal woman. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Satan is his father, and his name is Adrian. He shall overthrow the mighty and lay waste their temples. He shall redeem the despised and wreak vengeance in the name of the burned and the tortured. Hail Adrian! Hail Adrian! Hail Satan! Hail Satan! His father's eyes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, he doesn't look anything like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's she brilliant. absolutely just knockout. She's fantastic. Mia yeah, Mia yeah. She is incredible in this film. Yeah. And she has said, you know, like no other performance like she's like this is the best performance I like no one would like I I, I will never do any better work mm. and also she was like 22 or something yeah and she said I've never been more helped by a director and you know like to to put through because it's like it's a there's there's so much she has to go so through so much she has mm. to go through and the camera is so present on her body oh and my her God. face it's, everywhere mm, it's, yeah. it must have been quite claustrophobic to do a lot of that filming like mm. in the phone booths with yeah. the camera inside, and, then, and the camera inside, and then the and I love that that you know um, when the 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 guy sort of um, uh, comes in the back of the frame when mm. she's on the phone, and you're like, oh god. Well, this would be then, yeah. this would be a nice little segue into talking about William Castle because that's William Castle. Mm. That's his little cameo. Oh wow! Where I didn't oh, really? pick putting that his up. back to the phone booth. So just letting yeah. uh, the Chicago. listeners out there know, William Castle was the producer on this film, born uh, William Schloss. Uh, which so doesn't close. sound, is it? It's kind of, it kind sounds, of sounds like, like a sounds like Schlock. <laughs> well, Schloss, is, is, a, Schloss so... is a castle in German. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Wow. There we go. Oh, clever clogs over there. <laughs> um, so <laughs> there you go. Uh, William Castle is responsible for House on Haunted Hill, 13 Ghosts, Homicidal, Bug, a number of 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s um, horror. And the Tingle, I don't forget. The Tingler, the Tingler. But um, <laughs> he... he Often appeared in the beginning of his own films, a la Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah. He, he was, it was a bit the of like budget. it was like it was like a poor man's Hitchcock, <laughs> yeah. but for for horror, for like B grade horror yeah. stuff. Uh, warning moviegoers about terrors that they, that they oh, were about yeah, to yeah. experience yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And he he used to love uh, interactive gimmicks like uh, theater seats that were wired to slightly oh, electrocute cool. patrons during scary the scenes. Yeah. The tingler. Yeah. And a 3D skeleton that floated through the screen on wires for House on Haunted Hill that came oh, out into the crowd, cool. all this stuff. And cards handed out at, uh, by the ushers, um, uh, letting moviegoers determine how they thought the film would end. And, well, you know, just like yeah. really hokey stuff. But, okay, this is man after my own heart. I love yeah. this theatrical oh. bullshit. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, so he purchased the film rights, um, to the novel, uh, but Paramount Pictures would only give him the green light for the project if he didn't direct. Yeah. <laughs> they said, yeah. <laughs> said, no, we don't want you to do it. Um, and then they bought in, um, Old Mate and, um, <laughs> Old Mate Roman, which is funny that he yeah. shares the same name yeah. with the character in the film. And then which there's, is in the and, book, then, and there's also yeah. Castavets and Cassavetes. Which uh, again, which, yeah. it's again, all in the book. But, Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but also but, John Cassavetes would just happen to have yeah. a similar scene. Yeah. <laughs> but he, um, William Castle was also convinced that there was a Rosemary's Baby curse. He mm. thought the Sharon Tate murders and a urinary tract infection and various other illnesses that I'm he sorry. suffered during the period. Oh, he, right. He suffered. So he suffered a urinary tract. Yeah. That is pretty much on par with Sharon Tate being murdered. That's yeah. kind of Definitely. the same. Yeah. 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 Pretty, totally. yeah that's a very Stinging reasonable. Yeah. And a mass murder. A saw yeah. ding dong yeah. or you and your baby <laughs> slaughtered. Um, oh, and God. so he 
yeah, thought that he, there was a, a curse because of this. And also, ironically, the producers of The Exorcist and The Omen also thought the movies were cursed. Yeah. But um, he thought that the devil was out to get him during a, a large portion or at of least his years after track. this. Yeah. <laughs> Devil's out for his willy. <laughs> uh, so he remained in seclusion for several years. Um, really? But... And yeah, that wasn't and just he wasn't getting any jobs because people at the, sort of the 70s yeah, pretty, were happening yeah, and much. nobody really yeah. wanted to but he got, get tingled he, in he their got, cinema seats. Yeah. <laughs> he Although, got thousands of hate mail letters um, yeah, from people from, saying mm. that he brought the devil back into the world. But, but the problem is the book came out, you know. I'm, yeah. And the whole thing is like because mm. uh, the book was written in time for the 6th of June, 66. So 666. Um, and the the film is set in '66 as well. So year you one. look on the yeah year one. So that was all true. Like as yeah. in like that's when everything kicked off. Like the Church of Satan was kicked off around then. And um, yeah, it was sort of this. And and when um, she's in the when um, uh, Mia Farrow's character is in the waiting room and looks at the Time magazine. Yeah, and he's that got was dead. a real. That was mm, a real. Calver. You know. Yeah. So that's. I mean, people just believed more back then, right? Yeah. I mean, none I think of us in this room have an ounce of belief in any religion. Um, I don't think so anyway. Looking at you, Mike. Um, no, <laughs> no, 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 I no. no. Raised an atheist. Yeah, so this book yeah, was um, written and um, R11 basically based it on the fact that his wife, like they were sort of stuck in the, a new apartment, his wife was pregnant, you know, and he thought, how can I work with this? <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it turned out quite well for him. Um, mm, yeah. He made a stonking amount of money. So let's, uh, I guess, yeah, I mean, this Polanski aside, mm-hmm. um, the and, and, and one interesting, oh, sorry, one interesting thing about this is Polanski had a real, had real trouble casting this movie. And so a lot of the, like a lot of the, the choices were made by the producers. Mm. And yeah, and so Mia Farrow and Cassavetes and just everyone in this is a plus um yeah uh, yeah and i love the way the the old tenants in the building are all sort of the golden the golden age of cinema um yeah. there and theater i mean and ruth gordon she won um best supporting actress mm. actress mm. for this um is that yeah she's the, she's, um, the lady up what's her name yeah mini mini um she's so she's, good she's yeah. amazing. and the just the um the way that they portray them as Mia Farrow says this, it's like she's the nosiest person I yeah. ever, and they just barge in and yeah. they yep. just, you know, inveigling themselves in this and it is just so well done. Oh, that's a nice. Look how you put the table on. Isn't that interesting? I saw it in a magazine. Oh, my nice picture. That's nice. Where is that? That's the TV room? Uh, well, only temporarily. It's going to be a nursery. Oh, you're pregnant? No, not yet. I hope to be as soon as we're settled. Wonderful. Well, you're young and healthy. I have lots of children. We plan to have three. I didn't see what you did to this apartment. The woman I had it before was a dear friend of mine. I know. Terry told me. Oh, did she? You two had some long talks together in the laundry room. Only one. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, it looks so much brighter. Why do you pick a chair like that? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm not sure, really. I think about $200. Yeah. And um, and I love her, like, you know, everything is just made up. Like, she's, like, shot in the face with a makeup gun. Yeah. And, like, when, they, when they're first walking down the street um, and after the the, uh, the other girl. Terry suicide. Terry, Terry suicide. Like, <laughs> I have in my notes, it's like a clown vomited on them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, but they carry the themselves wearing. with such haughty yeah. grandeur at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Um, it's a, yeah. It's every, everyone in this movie is just so perfectly cast, I think. It's, um, it's still so contemporary. Like, mm. from when it came out, it's uh, even the, the decor, the, like, their apartment looks great. They're, mm. they're, they're, Some, they look the great. It still really holds up. Mid-century. The fashion is like amazing. Yeah, in it, and I love how many. T- like, I was wondering if Vidal Sassoon, because um, he's in the credits at the start, mm-hmm. um, whether he, you know, was part of the deal. It's like, well, you have to mention me in no, the film. No, so what? Um, so in the book, I knew you'd yeah, have something uh, yeah, to say so, about Vidal Sassoon. Uh, uh, yeah, my actually, my uh, my. So I work at a hairdressing school, and um, our 
company director was like, you know, he didn't actually do that haircut. She already cut her hair herself. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Because he love he has a, like, love-hate relationship with Vidal Sassoon. Like, right. loves him, wants to be him, but, you know, mm. always wants to point out his uh, failings yes. as well. But yeah. anyway... So, yes, I mean, it turns out like, that's true, Mia Farrow. Several say, I, you can't get me to shut up about Vidal I know, like, it's I know. just Every non-stop. <laughs> More of a Will and E wave guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, uh, Mia... Just fruit trees kind of... That's it. Mia Farrow did cut her own hair with nail scissors, apparently, she oh. says. Um, really? That's yes. why Casavetti's really hated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> um, her head smelled like this feet. Was <laughs> before the movie. Um, Sorry, yeah. Yes. Yeah, come on, guys. Sorry. This is what I'm here for, to provide <laughs> yeah, the hottest yeah. of takes on hair. Hair, hair, guys. Yeah, this is my speciality. <clears throat> um, but in the book, she goes to... Like, the, the Rosemary Woodhouse yeah. character goes to Sassoon, so... Vidal Sassoon gave, kind of gave her a once-over and they did huh. some publicity sh- shots for it. Because like, he was like the He the was paramount, a celebrity hairdresser. He was the in-house huge. paramount hair guy as well. Ah, oh, cool. So he I did like all that. the, all the you know, for all those films. Like, yeah. He was their go-to. But yeah, also like did society clients and had like a Fifth Avenue salon and yeah. yeah. Because that... Um, Paul Mitchell was his assistant. Vidal is that a name that you hear. Fuck, I wish I was called Vidal. Vidal. But that, that haircut became like that... Very iconic, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that spawn. I guess it was that spawn. Was she one of the first pixie pixie haircut kind of? Yeah, you know? I think that that was the one launched a thousand pixie haircuts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. It was super popular. Um, yeah. Question: mm-hmm. When they go around to the Dominion Romans apartment for the first time, the yes. Castavets, the Castavets, and they they have their dinner, and then she's he's in the room, and there's a little smoke coming out the side, mm-hmm. and the yes. girls are doing the washing up. Yep. Um, yeah, obviously he's planting the seed here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems to turn him extremely quickly. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think we are supposed to. The guy is the most charismatic and persuasive. No, 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 no. Like, yeah. sorry, Roman. Guy Roman. is Roman. a <laughs> guy is not. Guy is a piece of shit. Of Roman just about to Roman. Yeah, is Roman is charismatic. So uh, same movie. <laughs> yeah, um, no, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, but just just so self absorbed. So. Um, so desperate to become famous. And I think because, so I listened to the audio book before re-watching the movie. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. and I illegally um, downloaded the uh, Mia Farrow narrated version. Can I, can I quick, can I quickly just chime in here? Yeah. The first one, I so I may have found this online yeah, on a yeah. torrent site, mm. which I don't do all the time because no, it's bad. It's very bad. Um, but you could argue I, that I, I you just don't want plans getting any royalties. I'm glad I didn't yeah. I, 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 yeah. like, uh, Fuck uh, that guy, right? Yeah, exactly. But I downloaded- um, Torrents for everyone! <laughs> <laughs> I downloaded Baby Rosemary and started playing it. It's not- it's the it's you'd find it in a little dark room off the side of the video store. <laughs> I really want to see it. Um, and let's just say there's there's a lot more there's a lot more skin in this one. Yep. Wow. And I would, yeah, this so baby fucks. Maybe we could do. That. <laughs> yeah. But also, Seb, I'd love to think it was just like. And I got like an hour and a half in. Oh, and yeah. I realised so that oh, where's Mia Farrow? Where's Mia Farrow <laughs> turning the, up? So the credits rolled. <laughs> like, don't think this is the right film. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm really, I might need to check that out on your new computer well, later. A, yeah, right? I've got it. Yeah, I've got go, it I didn't assume you would. Maybe we'll do that yet. next. Yeah, cool. We'll do that next. Yeah, maybe yeah. it could be a follow up. We should do Let's a porn film it. on the podcast. <laughs> Edward Wouldn't Penis hands. Yeah, that that'd be the one. Buffy the Vampire Layer. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a good one. Shaving Ryan's privates. <laughs> I used but to go through, your... <laughs> when I worked in a video store, when I worked in a video store, I think I've said this before, there was this big encyclopedia on the counter um, which had the videola. It was like mm-hmm. pre-internet and uh, pre-internet, not, not fucking dinosaur. There was, mm. The internet was around, but we didn't use it for all the movies in that. Yeah. Anyway, there was an encyclopedia on the counter called the videola and it had a porn section in the video and when the video store was quiet I used to go into that with a highlighter and highlight all my favorite ones and I wish I could I wish I could I took some photos of it I'll try and I'll try and pull them out but there's some really really ingenious The listeners have a right to know. They mm. do. Or just list a few in the in the show notes. Yeah. I thought yeah. oh for a second I thought you were highlighting your favorite, favorite films. Pornos. Yeah. <laughs> Like not the favorite no. titles, but your favorite, your top, your top oh, choices. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, do people need to know about this? Maybe <laughs> yeah. they don't. Maybe they don't well, they want do. to. They but do. you, you the it's like best Seb's picks on the wall. Yeah, 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 just... yeah. 
skin flicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seb's yeah. Piss. There was one called Dutch Angles and it had nothing to do with <laughs> cinematography. <laughs> oh, yes. But to answer your question. Yes. A lot what of this it, film, your question was how come oh, Guy said so yes so quickly. Yep. And I think part of the reason is because the novel is so compressed in the film. But, yeah, it's like the same time frame. You're like kind of, I think he kind of, um, Roman floats the idea to him seductively yeah. and sort of says well, how much he, he can do for him. And then the next night he goes back, back and then I think he probably. With the stories. Yeah, the, I think the seed was planted yeah. about, probably about like maybe because because when they're having dinner, um, Roman is talking so uh, knowledgeably about, about, so knowledge yeah. about knowledgeably about his career, and so he's yeah. probably to, and you know I, I get I the love, idea, yeah. and you see, yeah, like you see the smoke, um, yeah, and it's the classic, you know, women in the kitchen yeah. doing the dishes, the men having their brandy and cigars, yeah, and so it's certainly planted it's the, in, the opposite. In, in, um, in the book, Minnie is taking such a long time to wash, and I think you sort of lose this in the film because again, it's quite yep. compressed. But Minnie's taking so long and mm, yep. and Rosemary's getting so bored and frustrated and, and like so she's, she's like, trying to like, can I help? Can I help? help? Yeah. But Minnie's stalling so that Roman and Guy can have this conversation mm. and he can really get into it with him mm. and give him lots of time to like mm. start charming him and beguiling him. Um, but and I think that's the a, a sort of rolling back to what I was saying about the rewatch is so much of the guy stuff is mm. really interesting, especially when um, Rosemary tells him about when she's going to meet Hutch and then she's in such pain. Uh, almost what you were saying, Seb, with the, you know, we're not not sure what's going on here and, you know, she's in such pain. Is she hearing things and all of that sort of stuff where he's like, oh, I'm going to pop out and get an ice cream cone. Um, have you? Mm. Do you want an ice cream cone? And uh, as soon as he finds out when um, they're going to meet, you know, the time and yeah. place that they're meeting Hutch. And um, and then you hear him go out and you hear, hear the, the doorbell, doorbell. Yeah. go next door. But then it slices into, I think, a dream sequence or or it cuts to the next scene and it's got like bell sounds. Mm. Like it's sort of like, and so you're not sure whether that is, and it's just brilliant. Like, Let me tell you, yeah. stuff. In, yeah. the, in the book, everything is super explicit. And oh, that's, right. that's something that is like, I think, makes the film far, far more stylish and artistic than the book. The book is, it's good. Like it's it really enjoyable and the dialogue is very funny mm. and, you know, and yep. clever. But in terms of, yeah, the way he writes, it's not, it, it, it basically reads like a screenplay. You can sort of see exactly how he's like, mm. I'm going to sell the hell out of this yeah, immediately, yeah, yeah. and which exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, those little... Yeah, disconcerting okay. moments are definitely 100% stylistic film choices. Question two. Yes. What happened to Terry? Did she, did they throw her, did, did she, she commit suicide? She committed suicide, but. Um, she wasn't thrown out. She wasn't window. thrown. They would have Do you messed they, with her mind. Messed with her mind? Yeah. Do you reckon they told her about the plan they to did impregnate, because her, impregnate you, her with she's, Satan's In one of the spawn? dreams, um, you can uh, hear them conversing. Um ah. You shouldn't have told her about it. You, she freaked out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Minnie and Roman are sort of discussing yeah. the flaws of that initial overture that they made to her rather than just kind of tricking her into it like they do with Rosemary. They obviously made it a bit more go. sophisticated. I wrote this down. Yeah. In the dream, Roman says, if you'd listened to me, yeah. we wouldn't have had to do this. I yeah. told you not to tell her in advance. I told you she wouldn't be open-minded. Yeah. Jump. Jump. Yeah. Question number three. Yes. How can... A struggling actor afford a huge apartment. Again, like that. again, no. And I knew I'm like, oh, Mike Cairns is not going to be a fan of this little. This will be a classic Mike Cairns plot hole <laughs> variety hour. But no, tell you why. Because in the book, we find out that he had a very he got a paid eighteen thousand dollars, which back then yes. a lot, freaking huge amount of money mm -hmm. for commercial that he'd done recently. Oh, that sweet Yamaha. The uh, Yamaha. No, the, it wasn't mm. Yamaha in the book. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, that was another thing that they slightly changed. But yeah, he'd had got this huge gig doing commercials and, you know, he's so vain and self-obsessed that, you know, he's like, feels like, you know, but this, also this like will just keep on running. I'll know? be able mm. to like, you know, my big break's going to come and we'll be able to keep it up. But mm. basically the only reason they can afford it is because of like, yeah, these big commercial paychecks is going. Okay. Question mm. four. Yeah, go on. Mm. Question four. This is my last question. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be more questions, but um, in, so he's, this, this baby's, this devil-eyed, cloven-hooved, mm -hmm. monstrous little devil spawn. Mm. I guess we're getting into the sequel here, but in this, I watched the trailer for the sequel. Is this? They made dashing, a sequel. Yeah, 
the one, look what happened to Rosemary's Baby. That's the book, and then they made a, a film. Oh, I didn't know. Son yeah, of no Rosemary, idea. I think. Is, yeah. Is really? it, I think it's actually called Look What Happened to Rosemary's Baby. I mean, I. Is it called Son of Rosemary? I think it's called Son of Rosemary, but that, I really yeah. hope that it's called Look What Happened to Rosemary's Baby because that's. You they're know, making... an allusion to whatever happened to Baby Jane, one of my yeah. fave movies of all time. And they're actually doing another one next year, um, Rosemary's Baby Driver, and they're tying it into another um <laughs> And he just goes around listening to his iPod all the time. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but no, yes, the little baby. The little baby. He's dashing and debonair in the trailer for this, uh, for the sequel, mm. and he's this, you know, how, what happened to his hooves? Is he just like, is he just shoehorning them into, into well, he normal? Is, he's just he's the son of the feet. devil, so he's probably got some superpowers. Yeah. I can explain it away with superpowers. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, there's a lot of incredible scenes in this film, but I think the um, there's a couple of just amazing sequences between Rosemary, like the one after the party. Guy? Yeah. I'm going to Dr. Hill Monday morning. Dr. Saperstein is either lying or he's, I don't know, out of his mind. Pain like this is a warning something's wrong. Rosemary. And I'm not drinking Minnie's drink anymore. I want vitamins in pills like everyone else. I, I haven't drunk it for the last three days. I've thrown it away. You what? I've made my own drink. Is that what those bitches were giving you in there? Is that their hint for today? They're my friends. Don't They're call a bunch them of bitches. not very bright bitches who ought to mind their own goddamn business. All they said was get a second opinion. Rosemary, you got the best doctor in New York. You know who Dr. Hill is? He's a Charlie nobody. That's who he is. I'm tired of hearing how great Dr. Saperstein is. Well, we'll have to pay Sapristi, we'll have to pay Hill. Well, it's out of the question. Uh-uh, uh-uh. No, I'm, I'm not changing. I just want to go to Dr. Hill and get a second opinion. I won't let you do it, Ro. I mean, because it's uh, it's not fair to Sapristi. Not fair to... What are you talking about? What about what's fair to me? Look, if you want a second opinion, you tell Saperstein. And, and and let him decide. No, I, I want Dr. Hill. <laughs> At least have the her reaction. And that's exactly. Dr. Saperstein? Yes. <laughs> Oscar Perfect. goes too. Yeah. Um, and I think that's She just, was robbed, by the way, for that um, Oscar. She should have got the, she got who, an Oscar that year. Yeah, who, who beat her? I don't know, actually. Let's look it up. All right. Yep. Um, but yeah. To answer but, yeah. your question, sorry, sorry, the movie saying... was called Look What Happened to Rosemary's Baby and the- Starring John the... Travolta. I desperately <laughs> need to see that. I hope there's a talking dog as well. <laughs> um, but the book by Ira Levin was called Son of Rosemary. Yeah. So we're both right. right. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, that 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 whole um, sequence is incredible. But also the post- um, the post uh, uh, impregnation scene. Mm. Don't yell. I already filed him down. <laughs> I didn't want to miss baby night. You And a couple of my nails were out? ragged and and it was kind of fun in a necrophile sort of way. I dreamed someone was raping me. I don't know, someone inhuman. Thanks a lot. I didn't want to miss the night. We could have done it this morning or tonight, last night wasn't the only split second. Oh, I was a little bit loaded myself, you know. When she wakes up, has scratches, and he basically just oh, says, oh, I, I raped you. you. Well, um, that's why Roman Polanski directed it and would have thought well, it was totally fine. Well, it was legal. It yeah. was still legal. Oh, Until the 80s, to, 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 to marital, have sex marital, with your wife. Marital yeah. rape. Fuck. Was, hell, that's uh, so heavy. The, until in, the 70s. I think no, 70s, 80s. 80s in yeah. New York. Um, but different sorry, states, baby. different you were states. Out of it and I just thought I'd. Uh, it was baby give it night. All. It was baby night, and and what does he? Uh, it oh. was kind of. Um, that was that was. It was kind of fun in a necrophile sort of way. In kind of a necrophile sort of way, which is again from the novel directly. Oh, wow. I couldn't imagine Wild. how he was going to deliver then, that line. But also, you know, but it he just, does. It just adds so much in this, and and he also he's like, "Come on, get up, get up." And it's like, 
and he's like, I'm not going breakfast. out for breakfast. It's like, yeah, I just had, I just had the devil fuck you um, and uh, rape you <laughs> and uh, and now make me breakfast. Yeah. He's like, you are just ticking every single <laughs> yeah. box a real of, piece of an shit. absolute piece of uh, shit. Yep. Um, and then Minnie gets her to go out and pick up eggs for her. Yeah. I'm like, guys, come on. Yeah, Can yeah. she not have a lion, you monsters? Yeah. But, I mean, mm. I think, uh, like, Cassavetes as an actor kind of had one mode and it was to be the, the kind of a bit of a prick like yeah. you know and or the like he's the same in um the dirty dozen and things yeah. like that where he's just um you know the just the smug fuck and Pat Polanski uh, said he was an absolute pain in the ass to um to work with as well because he himself John Cassavetes was a director yeah obviously a lot of dir- some directors like working with other well you know being an yep. actor in someone else's film because hey mm. it's fun being on the other side of the camera but um, Palanti was very meticulous in his organization and his, you know, it's his first American film and he's mm. very like organized and regimented. Whereas, um, Cassavetes had more of a theater impromptu, uh, improv style. And he's like, you got lines? I don't want to learn these lines. I'm just going to wing it, baby. Yeah. And he's like, no, we've got, we're going to, it's a yeah. novel. We're going to, we've got and beats we are to hit. sticking to the script. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so they, they constantly... It's funny because a few of Bunched the heads. it was yeah. a few of the lines that I noticed were different. It was all John Cassavetes, like yeah, right, like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, like he I mean, has one mode. Yeah, he's, he's freaking amazing he and so amazing. hot, so he gets away yeah. with it. Yeah, <laughs> like he doesn't um, get away with it. Sorry, he doesn't get away with it, but he's really hot, which yeah. is lucky. Um, I was also thinking, and I mean, uh, it's pretty racy for '68. Like, there's. You know, I didn't think there was much boobing going on in, you know, the late 60s. But Uh, that felt like a bit of a turn. Like, because I felt like that was more of his influence, Polanski's influence as like a a European director um, Mm. coming over and maybe they're more acceptable to have nipples and that might have been something he fought for. That's, yeah, he's definitely fought for the nipples his whole life. But (laughs) he, uh, it was funny being, it's classed as a horror film. There's no exact. There's no blood and guts. There's no like. It's yeah. It's like a lot of people say it's like the best horror movie without any horror in it. You know, yeah. like mm. um, yeah. And I mean, it's uh, it's terrifying, but in not in the yeah. the most. You know, it's psychologically terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying as I mentioned. You know, like what especially if you're watching it as a woman, it would be you know, incredibly terrifying. But, yeah, it's not your – but the only thing I thought, you know, and, I, and I'm wondering, you know, as a first-time watcher is when she pulls the knife out towards mm. the end, are you – like, oh. were you thinking, I is, was it, thinking is it I was, stab time or – That's what I was – well, yeah. Uh, because, yeah, I've seen so many films and she's been – she's been so many American films where someone that's been downtrodden for so long, this is her moment, this is where yeah. she's going to just bust out here. I thought she was going to kill the baby. I thought she was going to – actually go in, see what it was, and then go, all right, or not kill. I thought she was going to grab the baby and jump out the window with it. Yeah. Well, in the novel, she contemplates that because you get yeah, her right. interior thoughts right. and she's like, this is so perverse and fucked up mm. and now we've got to end it. But then she sees it and, and then she sees completely it completely overwhelmed by yeah. like her maternal love. Even yeah, yeah, in the yeah. Face of which is great. Which is, which, so, and then the yeah. lullaby comes yeah. in. And which she actually sang yep. herself, which yeah. is, uh, and, and that, that whole, like that whole reveal was really nice where it's not, it's like she sort of, she gives in, but at the same time she, she's rewarded, but the bad guys win. I mean, it's one of those the bad guys films, win, yeah. films Hail where Satan. They, yeah, yeah, Hail Satan, but, year one, this yeah. is, um, but it's kind of. It's fucked up, but satisfying. She gets yeah, her baby back. She's a mother again. Yeah. Mm. I actually, um, I found the ending so touching and it was only probably about a week later from rewatching it that I was like, oh, that's meant, you meant to feel fucked up about it. Yeah. But I actually really and mm, And yeah. the book that, sorry to keep being like, the novel, the novel, like who cares really, we're talking about the film. That's what we're analyzing. No, 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 it's all tied but in, yeah. the novel is, again, a lot more explicit and she's sort of, Leaning over him and being like, did anybody tell you just have the sweetest little chin mm. and just like kind of gushing over how beautiful he is. Um, mm. And and that absolute piece of work who's like shaking, like doing oh, the yeah, Laura Louise. Yeah, Laura yeah, Louise. Rocking him. And then and she gives it, you know, he's like, mm, yeah, gives that, her the raspberry. Freaking you know. Laura Louise um, nailed but that there's part. there's a brilliant, there's a, I love the little detail towards the end, um, speaking of the knife, um, where uh, – 
when she drops the knife and it sticks into the wood floor and yep. Minnie just comes yeah. over, picks it up and rubs the little... Yeah. And because it rolls back to when um, yeah. uh, Roman is making the vodka blushes, which are mm. very popular in Australia, I've had apparently. many a vodka blush. Really? No. No, that's no. the thing. <laughs> it's like, uh, I was like... Do you know how to make a vodka blush? No, do you? Take your clothes off in front of it. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, it's actually made um, oh, with vodka, yes. lime, and grenadine. Oh, well, that I sounds think like the most sixties thing ever to happen. For a pause, because I'll be right back. Because I'm going to go make us a vodka blush. Excellent, beautiful. So, we're recording. I haven't stopped. I haven't oh, stopped, wow. baby. Um, oh my god! So we're back in the room, and I've just mm. made us all a delicious vodka blush. It's delicious. I'm blushing. Where, where, where were we? Um, well, I wanted to talk about a couple of things because we've got Dr. Saperstein plays a, a major role in this in this film. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's that uh, the wonderful rewatching of uh, like he's one of the real sort of architects of the gaslighting. Please don't read books. No pregnancy was ever exactly like the ones described in the books. And don't listen to your friends either. No two pregnancies are ever alike. Dr. Hill prescribed vitamin pills. No pills. Minnie Castavet has a herbarium. I'm going to have her make a daily drink for you that'll be fresher, safer, and more vitamin-rich than any pills on the market. Any questions you have, call me night or day. Call me, not your aunt Fanny. Um, you know, in the for. sense of... Uh, um, I feel like he's near the top. Mm. Yeah, but it's like don't read any books, yeah. you know, um, don't listen, you know, uh, don't take any pills, all of this sort don't of stuff. Don't listen to any women. Yeah, who... like don't listen to your friends, you know, every uh, – and then it's because – and then he it, and then he adds to the end and that's that's almost the – you know, it's, that's what's so wonderful about this film is like he's like because every baby's different. You just listen to me and like don't don't get too stuck in reading up on books because you'll get stressed out at all of – and you think, oh, Okay, like that's mm. you know that sort of that, um, that caveats it yeah. does seem reasonable. Um, uh, and then you you watch it again, you're like oh. Um, but um, one of the again, and it's uh, it's more about being you know taking control of women's bodies is the so uh, Charles Grodin plays a very young Charles Grodin mm. with yeah. a very bad mustache. Um, Otherwise known as the dad from Beethoven yes. and Clifford. Have you seen Clifford? No. Oh, my God, how many dog movies was he in? No, this is Martin Short is, oh, his, is his son, but he plays, <laughs> yeah, like, it's so dumb. you Clifford the big red dog? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's really funny anyway. what? Um, and he was in um, was it oh, Midnight, Midnight Run. Midnight Run. <laughs> Which Great is slightly movie. more, yeah. yeah, yeah slightly um, more known for that. But where... Towards the end, um, you know, Rosemary's twigged on this and tries to get in to see Dr. Hill, who she kind of fobbed off at the start for Dr. Saperstein. Um, They're very clever people. They planned everything right from the beginning. They probably made some sort of deal with Guy. They gave him success and he promised them our baby to use in their rituals. I know this sounds crazy, but I've... I've got books here, look. There was another actor like him, Donald Baumgart, and they put a spell on him. They cast a spell on him and made him blind so the guy could get his part. Look, here. I was afraid you wouldn't believe me. I don't believe in witchcraft, but there are plenty of maniacs and crazy people in this city. The doctor's name is Shand, you say? No, no, Dr. Shand is one of these people. The doctor's name is Saperstein. Abraham Saperstein? Yeah. Do you know him? I've met him once or twice. Like, Seb, did you think that he was in on it? I did at first. Mm. Charles Grodin, I thought, totally thought he was in on it. The way, well, it's also yeah. the way he, he says, go lay down. Yeah. I'm going to close the door now. And he kind of, th- he was yeah. clearly made out to be, mm. it's a bit of a red herring. He's in on it and he closes yeah. the door. But no, he's just being a doctor that thinks she is he's crazy. crazy. And she's on the phone. That scene where she's in the phone booth mm. um, saying, I'm not crazy. This sounds like a, a conspiracy. There mm. are conspiracies, aren't there? Yeah. These, these, they're real, right? Yeah. They're real. And you're like, you sound, you, you sound like a, that's why back to the carbon monoxide poisoning thing. I'm like, yeah. right, she's got something going on here. She's been, could be the, the poisoning of this 
the drink that she's been given or like yeah. something, she's not taking a pill. She's not like, um, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but that's a, that's a really good moment. Oh, it's not a good moment in the film, but it's a good moment in the sense that there are clearly people who are, you know, want this devil child, but then there's also just men controlling women's bodies, um, you know, mm. and he was just like, oh, you poor, you know, it wasn't, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to help you. I'm just going to listen to you crazy lady. Yeah. And then I'll call, you know, call the men in to, yeah. to, to take you away. Yeah. And, and, and he, you know, and he, I think he says at the end, you know, I just want to make sure you're okay kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and, and, and you half expect him to turn up in the final scene, yeah. like that's a and and again, I in, uh, in watching and rewatching, I was like, oh, I can't remember if he's actually there, mm. and he's not, and you're just like, oh, you know, because yeah. it, it would have made society yeah, standing for society. It would have made just as much sense if he was there. Yeah, um, mm. but it's kind of nice wasn't. that not everyone's in on the conspiracy either. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, it just it's, it's it it's it speaks view. to it speaks to the multitudes yeah. that this film. Then you get some. You get a uh, an Asian guy turning up, and then you get a Middle Eastern guy turning up. And you're like, okay, this is a an international syndicate. Yeah, it's not like it's the United Colors of Satanism. Well, because you know when he's talking, when Roman, when they first go over to dinner, is talking about how there's nowhere in the world he hasn't gone, and that kind of makes sense. Yeah, and okay. he's like, yep. you know, creating this network of mm. um, yep. the Church of Satan. Well, I don't know if they're actually officially from the Church of Satan. I think that they're just uh, they got their own little thing. Yeah, they've got on. their own coven yeah. started by his dad. Um, yeah. Yeah, that they're trying to spread, globalize, I guess, and the mm. Japanese. Japanese oh, with the camera, with the camera, camera. Snap, snap. Minolta. Yeah. wordlessly snap, snapping, snap, snap. snapping yeah. and smiling. Yeah, classic Japanese guy. Yeah, <laughs> we've talked about this. Yeah, before. Yeah, it was big, big in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, yeah, I know. This was Just like make, the the yeah. precursor yeah. to make all Japanese people in films all the time take photos all the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like sure. Is that a fact? Is it? Is that a fact? 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 Yeah, it's a fact. All right, this is a game that everyone's familiar with, everyone's talking about, probably more than this film. It's the word on everyone's lips. It is. You know what else is on everyone's lips? What's that? A delicious vodka blush, which mm. takes me into Sorry fact. if I clinking ice into the microphone, but it's I'm just really <laughs> relishing it. Ooh, Bit of ASMR. Yeah. It is. Mm. Alcoholics ASMR. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't want to tell you guys what time it is over okay. here in the studio. Segway yes. to fact number one. Yes, go on. A traditional vodka blush oh, hello. has a sprig of rosemary in it. Mm. Okay. Fact. Number two, without Rosemary's baby, we wouldn't have the tagline, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Okay. And fact number three, when Charles Manson was finally brought in for arrest, the police found books on Scientology, the Armageddon, and the Church of Final Judgment, as well as a copy of Rosemary's baby, the novel, at his Texas home. Hmm. I'm going to say, well, Alex, you go first, please. I'm going to say C. That just seems yep. too on the nose. I'm going to say C as well because I just know you. <laughs> you know me. Yeah. You motherfuckers have got it right. Yeah, <laughs> finally I win. <laughs> um, um, yeah, you did yeah. get it right. I made that yeah. up. And it was kind of like I'm going to have to change my It seems to be a lowbrow, quite honestly, for yeah, Charles Manson. Yeah. yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. I thought you were going to say for me. I'm like, fuck you. No, <laughs> no. you're very. <laughs> no. Um, and I actually bought some <gasps> rosemary. To put in our, to put in our, to I put a sprig in. I think it was in. weird how you rolled up with a cocktail shaker. Yeah. Oh, you blessed there man. You go. Thank you. I'll take a little photo. There's some rosemary for your vodka blush. But the um, the other true one, which is a bit of a reach, which I put a lot of work into because, but you guys just shot straight through it. <laughs> Without yeah, sorry. Rosemary's baby, we I really have, appreciate. We wouldn't it. have the tagline "Yippee motherfucker." Let me just explain this. Please do. Do you want me to? You're going to like this one. Please do. I want Seb's story hour. Okay. So Roderick Thorpe, who wrote Never Go Away Happy, which is the film Die Hard eventually became, Mm. um, he also wrote The Detective, uh, which is a film starring Frank Sinatra. Uh Um, And Sinatra had first dibs on anything he wrote. Um, So after doing The Detective, he, he could have done, you know, 
what what yep. became Die Hard. Um, but due to the fact that he and Mia Farrow split, mm-hmm. in which he served Mia divorce papers on set of the mm-hmm. film, which because Sinatra is just a piece of shit. Well, because it ran over time, it yeah. ran over five weeks, and because he wanted he wanted her to be in his mm-hmm. film, yeah. the detective, and she's like, mm, nah, oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out of this film, I'm gonna pull out of Rosemary's Baby, and they were halfway through shooting, and then uh, Polanski and Castle and. Other people said, you're going to, if you like showed us some dailies and said, you are going to win an Oscar for this. You mm. cannot pull out of this film now. Do not do that. So she went back to Sinatra and said, no, nah, I'm going to stay on this film. And this was the last straw for their marriage. And he said. That lady is a tramp. Yeah, he did. He did. He said, yeah. And he served her, he rolled up on set in front of the cast and crew and gave her divorce papers. So uh, due to the fact that he and Mia split, and the not-so-warm reception to the detective. He lost interest in doing that film next. So it sat on the shelf for a while. Then it went to Bruce Willis, who improvised the line, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Wow. So could you imagine Frank Sinatra um, pushing Gruber out the window, like, (laughs) come fly with me. (laughs) That'd be amazing. Yippee-ki-yay, you son of a bitch. Uh, But, yeah, there you go. Wow. It's a roundabout way, but, yeah. Would have been a lot more, there would have been a lot yeah. more drinking of martinis in Die Hard with you know, yeah. Frank Sinatra. I, I and don't imagine him middle. not wearing shoes either. Yeah. He would not appear on film without shoes. I just can't no. see it. Oh, he's a, a hard Immaculate. shoe. Immaculate. Yeah, yeah a, totally. A long pant and a hard shoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throw it back. Um, we miss you. Yeah, well, that was it. Yeah, that was that that whole thing that Mia was like twenty two or something like that, and married to Frank Sinatra. Sinatra. He was was in his fifties. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. So speaking of creeps, um, but um, but yeah, that's uh, that's wild. But that I I, yeah, that was that was too that was too good. I was like, no, that's that's. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. But yeah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to start. I'm gonna. I'm gonna change my. I'm gonna. Okay. You change your me, You know me too well. I'm gonna have to because it's very rare that you actually you win. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. I'll be no. honest. It didn't feel good. <laughs> no. Uh, I felt really sad because I, I could that. tell that you had put so much effort into B that, and I knew it was going to be amazing, and it was. Mm-hmm. But that story is freaking amazing, and I had yeah. no idea that he was going to be in the well done, OG Seb. Die Hard. But yeah. But yeah. Frank Sinatra in Die Hard. Oh, it just blows like, your mind. I'm just sitting here laughing, imagining it now. Yeah. Um, have we got any uh, sort of, I think, we're, you know, final thoughts, uh, Seb? You know, like, uh, I mean, you said I you mean, there's, enjoyed there's... this movie. Like, Is this a movie mm. that you kind of uh, will be added to the the Seb pantheon of classics? Or I like, think it will. You... I really want to, well, I really want to watch it again after, obviously after, I loved it so much the first time, but mm. especially after reading up about it. I definitely want to watch it again. I did notice a few, I mean, there's a lot of films that uh, ape on it a little bit um, that sort of take from it these days. Like yep. Hereditary owes a fair bit to Rosemary's Baby mm. as well, mm-hmm. I reckon. The whole um, similar, yeah, I mean, you've got uh, centers around a young woman whose family is overtaken by a demonic cult um, and, you know, conspiracy family members who betray each other and yep. um, and children and all that sort of thing. There's, I mean, there's a, there's a, a laundry list of, of, of uh, similarity, similarities between Rosemary's Baby and Hereditary, but we haven't talked about, I mean, do we want to talk about that scene? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't yeah. talked we, about we that We briefly mentioned the dream sequence as being good and they yeah. are incredible and bizarrely yeah. basically lifted there's, entirely from the novel we as haven't, well. We've, also we've, bizarrely we've, nautical. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. I mean, could we could we do a podcast about Rosemary's Baby without talking about Mia Farrow getting raped by the devil? We yeah. haven't even mentioned that. My, that's what happens. That dream, I really love the whole sequence and um, the JFK and Jackie O and yeah. just, yeah, strange images and her nakedness and everything. But I got to say, Satan looked so corny. Oh, yeah. yeah. Massively. Well, that what was, was happening there? He looked well, <laughs> like he had feathers or something. Yeah. Well, that was I. I was thinking, is that uh, her husband? Like in no. is, is that part so of it? Yeah, right. it, it, it looks, looks but was, you could be yeah. Yeah. You, because there's that 
shot of him walking topless, yeah. you know, towards well, everyone's yeah, in yeah, the, yeah. the Nikki news. Um, yeah. There's a lot of skin uh, on display again. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the nudie cover. Oh yeah, and the nude, yeah, the nudie, the nudie oldies as well. Massive spoilers for Hereditary here. Oh yeah, it's great. Watch it. Just watch it anyway. It doesn't give away much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good one. But in a recent interview with Mia Farrow, she said that the the actor playing the devil, Clay Tanner, was completely naked during the rape scene, oh. dressed up in demonic makeup with vertical contact lenses. Mm. She said Tanner spent hours grinding on top of her as they were shooting that scene. Oh. And after they were done, uh, he got up, uh, shook Mia's hand in a very cordial and business type way and said, Miss Farrow, it was a pleasure working with you. And said he was a very lovely man. Was he British? <laughs> was he? A I think everybody just world? spoke that way in the sixties. It was they a did. pleasure working with you, whether well, or not that's you're English. Me, uh, um, in uh, a recent, uh, well, you know, as, um, an episode soon, we we have spoken about that kind of. Um, uh, that mid yeah. accent, uh, like mid Atlantic, um, mid Atlantic accent, mm. um, and she does like it, uh, Mia Farrow's voice. Sort of, it's American, but then there's also some very British sort of tones to it. It's very kind of neutral. Mm. It's not, uh, and then you've got you know Casavetti's like New York in and around mm. the the place. But yeah, it's a really. So um, he's supposed to be from Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it didn't really track. No. The only the only other character that we haven't talked about in this is. The building, the Bramford, ah, yes. which is is where all this sinister stuff happens, obviously mm-hmm. because of the the Cassavettes and the yep. things that have happened. But um, the Dakota Building, as it is mm-hmm. actually known, IRL, is the former housing lodgement of one John Lennon, mm-hmm. and it, he was shot out the front of that, which kind of adds to the adds to the whole overall yeah. sort of mystique of this. Yeah, apparently, well, and Mia Farrow was with the Beatles when they recorded the White Album. Huh. Oh. So. Mm. My favourite Dakota. Tying into Beatles, Helter Skelter, yeah. Charles Manson. Yeah. It's all connected, man. The best Dakota building fact is that Lauren Bacall lived there and <gasps> she went down to watch them filming their external. No like Because the, they didn't do the interiors they didn't do a whole there, lot there, but, but yeah. the exterior oh. shots, yeah. Hmm. Can you imagine? Can you oh imagine trying to act while Lauren, Lauren Bacall's Bacall watching you? Yeah. I would <laughs> rather die. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. Oh Al, any uh, final points like do you uh, i mean where does this sit with you in the in the ge- the general scheme of you know like cinema like is it is it a highlight is it a mid light is it a, <laughs> is it a low light, a low light? Yeah. um oh yeah i think it's i think it's a fantastic a fantastic yeah horror movie i get yeah i guess kind thriller, of a psychological movie. thriller Trill? it's sort of a psychological thriller except that actually horrific things are happening. Yeah. So it sort of starts off psychological thriller and then yeah. turns into a horror movie. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think if you haven't watched it, give it a watch. Um, it's ve- like impeccably made, amazing, as we've said a million times already, amazing performances, stylistically impressive. Um, everybody's given A+, plus. love the music. Yeah, remove your thoughts of Polanski. I was about to say, just yeah. don't pay for it. Yeah, don't pay yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, you know, I think that's the, the like the caveat. Just make sure that yeah. no money goes towards that person's coffers. But yeah. I just, I. You know what? The rosemary sprig in this drink, I stole it from the next door neighbor's garden. So I didn't even pay for that. So fuck them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, Definitely but, don't. I don't bother with the novel, I have to say. I think mm. probably the like best exemplar of um, how obvious everything in the novel is, is. Uh, do you remember the scene where John Cassavetes is holding, like he gets the call that his uh, oh, actor yeah. rival yep. has been yeah, blinded yeah, yeah. Um, and he's holding a can of paint stripper because they are, you know, doing renovations yeah. in the house and sort of doing it up a bit, uh, sorry, in the apartment. Um, in in the book, the brand of that paint stripper is Red Devil. Oh, uh, which lol. I yeah. was waiting to see whether Polanski was going to bring that in, and yeah, he did not because it's so on the nose. Your nose is basically yeah. falling off. Like, what in the world, Red Devil paint stripper? Really? I mean, yeah, he's it's pulpy AF. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the movie, yeah, it's incredible. It's it is, I, and watching it again because I only I think I only watched this for the first time maybe in the last year or so. Um, but I just think it's. Incredible, yeah, and, and to watch um, it with contemporary eyes and sort yeah. of map these contemporary concerns on, which I, I truly don't think were in the mind of Polanski or any, probably anyone making, and certainly Ira Levin denies yeah. that he was trying to do 
a feminist film, even a feminist novel, even though Stepford Wives was like pretty quick on the heels. And I think it kind of mm. um, definitely uh, hinges on some of the same fears of uh, men sort of creating women into the image or the molding role that them. they want, molding them into the, the what they want rather yeah. than what. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, my my uh, my only other note was, um, and it was just more of a a question for you guys: Is it have you ever been at a dinner or something like that? And I thought you were going to say served, fucked by the devil. Oh uh, well. Whew. Um. Uh, have you ever been to a dinner where you've been served up something so reprehensible that you've had to like hide it in a, a napkin? <laughs> um. Because I just I I clearly remember um living with uh, when we when I was young and we moved back from Perth and we were staying with family friends for a few weeks and um, my uh, my auntie Barb uh, was one of Does the loveliest. Does auntie Barb listen to this podcast? Auntie Barb is long gone. Oh dear, I'm um, sorry. Auntie Barb was one of the loveliest human beings in the world but no one could destroy food more than, you know, oh. like that, like just astonishing, like salt to, to the nth degree. Um, and I remember being served up something and – um, we didn't have napkins, but I would just put a spoon in my mouth and go to the toilet. And like, uh, I think mum thought I had like a, you know, a urinary tract infection or something mm. like that. Cause I was just like Case stuffing my mouth, going to the bathroom and spitting it in the, the toilet and <laughs> throwing it because it like, you couldn't not. And I just, I laughed when she's like, you know, pouring all yeah. of that, um, mousse into the, I yeah, think you the mean mouse, and mouse, the yeah. chocolate mouse, <laughs> chocolate mouse, <laughs> um, but I just thought immediately back to that of just being served <laughs> yeah. up something like obviously less sinister, um, but uh, you know my arteries probably. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know. Don't think, don't think Barb was trying to butter you up for a bit of. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no. um, well, I, I, Seb, is it like so? Are we all done on Rosemary's Baby? I want to watch it again. To be great. honest, it's yeah. really good. Go yeah. watch it. It's a great film. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I think that's a, that's a wrap on Rosemary's Baby. Um, as always, thank you to Jeremy Watson of the Jackie Winter Group for allowing us to use this wonderful recording studio. They've got a podcast called Jackie Winter Gives You the Business, and you should listen to that. Uh, you know, you can follow us on Instagram and all of those sort of things. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I've been Mike Cairns over there is Seb Sleebash Girlfriend. Thank you very much. And thank Alex, you, Alex Lamb, Chop Heath. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Fucking hell, that was spot on. It is spot on. (laughs) How you sing kind of sleep? (laughs) No, I do it in the middle of the night when he's already asleep and he wakes up. Wakes up and he's shit the bed.